You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 22. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for moms who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds loss or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, online fitness coach, wife, and mom of four. Every week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today I am interviewing my friend, Lindsay Matthews. Now, many of you may know Lindsay a little bit better by her brand name, which is Trainer Lindsay, and I've known Lindsay, I feel like forever. (laughs) I feel like I've known her for a really long time, and in fact, when we got on the phone together, we're like, have we never actually like spoken in person? And we haven't, but we followed each other on Instagram through you know the last several years, and I just, I feel like she is a friend. And so I'm really excited for this interview today because it is real and raw and vulnerable. And Lindsay really shares a lot of the truths behind competing that I think is really important for people to understand. And I hope that as we, as you listen to the episode, that you understand that we aren't bashing competing, that competing is something that happens. It is something that people do. It's not good or bad, but it is very important that if you are thinking about competing, that you're going into it with your eyes completely open so that you know what are some of the struggles you may have. You know what happens afterwards. You know how it may change some of your mindset. And if you know all that stuff going into it, then go into it and enjoy it and do it if that's what you want to do. But do it with a total understanding of what you're getting yourself into. And so Lindsay shares her experience. The girl has done 15 fitness competitions. She's done pro competitions. Like she knows her stuff around competing and she's going to talk to you about her journey and what that looked like for her and what has happened because of it. And she'll answer the question of whether she's ever going to compete again. And so I hope as you listen to this, that you can really sense from her, her authenticity Um, and being willing to share something that is a little bit personal and kind of um, a little bit raw for her, even at this moment, as she's still kind of going through some of the repercussions. Um, But this interview is awesome. And I really hope that you're able to take something away from it and be able to understand um, some of the benefits and then some of the drawbacks too about competing. So let's hop into that episode with Lindsay Matthews. All right. I would like to welcome Lindsay Matthews to the podcast. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, how are you? I'm so good. And I'm really excited to have you come on today um, and talk I'm with so us. I'm to be here. Yeah. Talk with us about competing because this is, as we talked about beforehand, such a hot topic in the fitness yes. industry and, and really becoming more mainstream. And so I mm-hmm. definitely want to dive in today about that experience, about your experience, and kind of just give people an idea of what it's like. So that's kind of where we're going. But before we do that, some people, I'm sure a lot of people know who you are, but for those people who don't just give us a little rundown, who are you, you know, what have you been doing? What do you like, what are you Mm -hmm. doing right now and, and where you're going? Okay, perfect. 
So I am a personal trainer and a nutritionist. I have done online coaching for about 12 years. I worked in a gym in person for a couple of years uh, during that time. I also owned a boot camp program for about eight years. So I left the boot camp program when I became the head trainer and nutritionist at Ideal Fit. So I am currently working there and I have um, online challenges through them and I do online private coaching as well. Awesome. Um, and so you like, you're kind of an OG, like, right. You said you've been doing 12 yeah. years of coaching, like, yeah, I am. And so what kind of happened, it's funny because I told, I do feel like I'm an OG. That's a funny way to put it. Yeah. Um, so when I had my first baby in 2003 and he was a baby, I was a young mom, like we were just a young family, like kind of struggling with money a little bit, you know, and I was trying to find a way where I could just make some money from home. And this was when online coaching was starting to get popular. And so I was like, what if I did that? And so I didn't feel confident a lot. Self-confidence has been a huge part of my journey. I felt like I didn't look the part of a trainer. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, I I liked it. And anonymousness and anonymity. Anonymity. (laughs) There, that's what I liked. I liked that about online coaching, which now looking back is so stupid, but that's what kind of drew me to that. I can do my passion. Like I could help people get healthier, reach their fitness goals without having to be in the gym. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing that. And then I realized I was really doing myself and my clients a disservice by not having some in-person training. So um, I got a job at a gym and I worked there for a couple years, just a couple nights a week, had some clients there and I learned so much. And then I kind of took the things I learned into the group atmosphere with my boot camp program. Mm -hmm. And that started with like eight clients at like my local clubhouse and it just grew and grew and grew. Um, my final boot camp I did in 2015 and we were in a big gymnastics studio and I had 170, I think Ooh. 170, um, campers, so that's, but, uh, split between multiple sessions. So yeah, it grew, grew really, really big and I loved it and I miss it sometimes, but I've just kind of moved on to other things now. So that's awesome. So back in 2003, yeah. when you're like kind of starting to dive into this, was fitness already like a really big part of your life or when did that kind of first yes. start bubbling in you? Yeah, so I, t- I was on the swim team in high school, and uh, I took, like, weight training in high school. I came up to BYU in, in 1998, and uh, there was a Gold's Gym at the time. It was Gold's Gym. Now it's Avesta over on 9th East. Mm-hmm. If anyone's familiar with Provo, they yeah. definitely know that gym. Unless uh, Maybe it's gone now. I'm not even sure. But um, my friend and I we were like, oh, we should join that. Like, it was, you know, the kind of the cool thing. I think this was in 1999, actually. We were sophomores. Um, and we would go there and this was back in the time when they would just like give people free passes without really monitoring that. And so we would pretend we were in town and we'd get like a free week's pass. And then after that week, we would like pretend like we would find somebody else that was working and we'd get a free week pass from them. So they just kind of handed them out like business cards at the time. And so, <laughs> so we just kept doing that. And so finally we're like, okay, you know, I think that we're going to stick with this. Let's go ahead and just get a membership. And so I've had a gym membership since. 1999. And I've literally been listing since 1999, which sounds so long now that we're in 2019, which it is so long. But yeah, so it's been, for me, workouts and fitness have never been something where I've fallen on and off a wagon. Nutrition has been a whole other story, like kind of learning that and really seeing results from my nutrition. But workouts have always really been a part of my life since then. And I'm kind of, I kind of geek out on it too. Like I I think you and I are kind of similar in that. Like Mm -hmm. I just love to learn. I love to read and all that kind of stuff. So in 2003, when I was trying to find like a quote job or a business to start or whatever, 
my thoughts naturally went towards fitness. That's where I was passionate, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't confident. So that's kind of where that came in. So when did the nutrition piece kind of come into play? Cause I think, I think it's very common. I mean, that's how I did it too. It's like, I was into yeah. like lifting and working out way before I actually got my nutrition yeah. to like align with my goals. So what was that like for you? Right. So I, I bet we were probably the same way. I kept thinking like, oh, I work out really hard. So yeah. I can just eat what I want, right? you know, yep. or I remember thinking like after I think my second baby, some of my goals were like to cut out sugar, but, yeah. but I still let myself have fruit snacks. <laughs> Cause that's not sugar, right? <laughs> that makes, uh, right. Right. <laughs> and I remember I'd have like graham crackers, which of course now, like when, you know, now in the macro tracking days, people can work in things like that. But at the time I just, sure. I didn't even think that that would apply to like, Oh, you know, a healthy diet. Sure. Fruit snacks and graham crackers. Of course that's fine. <laughs> you know? And so, yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I think it came along with my competing journey. So if we kind of go that direction, I think that will kind of all be woven together. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So then let's talk about competing. Um, mm-hmm. I know that there are a lot of people here who are like, oh yeah, fitness competitions. I, I know, I kind of know what that's like, but there may be some mm-hmm. people listening mm-hmm. who are like, what the heck is a fitness competition? So can you kind of just yeah. outline what yeah. that looks like? For sure. So, um, Basically, there's a few different divisions. There's bikini, which is going to be more like your fitness model look. Uh, and there's figure, which when I started, actually, figure now is what... No, no, I'm sorry. Figure when I started is now what bikini is is now, right. if that makes yeah. sense. The divisions have changed so much. But there's bikini, which is more fitness model. Figure, which is like, it's pretty jacked. Like, you're, you're really a lot of muscle and extremely, extremely lean. Like, mm-hmm. for a woman, like basically zero body fat. I mean, you do have some body fat, but it looks like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got, um, women's physique, which is like kind of the new women's bodybuilding. So there's kind of those, they do have women's bodybuilding sometimes, but those three are the main categories. Mm-hmm. If you talk to most people who are competing, most people are going to be in the bikini division. Mm-hmm. So what that involves is most people will start a prep. We call it about four to six months in advance. And your goal is almost always fat loss. If you don't have enough muscle mass to compete, then you wouldn't start prepping yet. You would go through other types of training to build muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you start prepping for a show, the goal is always extreme, extreme fat loss. Um, And you're going to get different looks at a local amateur competition than you do at a national competition. And then again, that's different than at um, a pro competition. And it's going to get leaner and a little bit different um, at each phase. But for most of the time, people are just trying to get as lean as possible in general. Um, so through that prep, that four to six months, I prefer longer, slower preps. So you don't have to do anything too drastic at the end. Um, but the, you're kind of just dropping calories, dropping macros and increasing cardio and just really pushing for maximum fat loss. So it's really important that when you start a prep, your calories are as high as possible and your cardio is as low as possible because you're going to have to increase the cardio and decrease the calories for the most part. Everything I'll say here is going to be in general, you know, there's going to be people that fall outside of these generalizations, but, um, so through that prep, it's a lot of what I say loosely is a lot of selfish things. And everyone who competes knows it's selfish and it's fun, but it really doesn't, it doesn't benefit your family. It doesn't benefit, you know, it's a Mm -hmm. selfish sport. Um, but you try and have balance, you know, in your off season and your on season to kind of balance that out. But it's a lot of focus on, long workouts. Like once your cardio gets up there, you're work you're in the gym for a long time. Like I've been in the gym two to two and a half hours. Like that's kind of normal for the end of a prep. 
um, posing sessions, you know, um, muscle rehab. People don't think about like the importance of, you know, um, I don't even like, I call him a muscle guy, like, you know, scraping <laughs> massage, like recovery type of stuff like that. Seeing a muscle rehab person, um, you can prioritize sleep. So it's even harder to like get up early in the morning, get your workouts done before your family gets up because you have to have the sleep, um, meal prep, hitting your macros. Most of the time you don't get cheat meals at the end. It's super, super intense. So that's like what your four to six months looks like. Of course, it'd be starting less intense and getting more intense, like as you get closer to the show. Um, but so you go through all of that. There are some great things. You learn a lot of good things about yourself. You push yourself. You have the discipline that you never thought you had. Um, you get to show day and it's so much fun. Assuming you're like a girly girl and you like the glam, then you would love it because you look amazing. You get this tan on, which makes you look and feel even more amazing, even though it looks crazy to the outsider. Um, you get your makeup all done, your hair curled, you wear a sparkly bikini. Like, it's it's so fun. So that's kind of an overview of what it's like beforehand and then till the show day. And then I think that we're going to kind of talk in a bit more details and some yeah. negatives and risks. And yeah, stuff we'll definitely too. talk about after show day because that, that's, yeah. again, like you're saying, this is something that everyone wants to talk about prep and they want to talk about like yes. show day and then it's like, yes. then nobody talks no about, one talks what, about after. what happens exactly. afterwards. So we'll definitely, right. we'll definitely dive into that. Um, so Good. when you start a prep, um, mm-hmm. like you, you kind of have an idea, like, or a concept at least of like, okay, I have four to five months of dieting of like uh, uh-huh. exercise and nutrition and things like that. Um, why mm-hmm. do people like over the last, I feel like over the last three years, it's just exploded. It's yeah. come very much more oh, mainstream. Totally. It used to be, yeah. like you said, it was these like crazy people who would do bodybuilding competitions who wanted to get super yeah. jacked, who maybe wanted to do steroids. Right. Like it was uh-huh. like a totally yeah. oh, different thing. So and, it's, and now uh-huh. it's become this mainstream thing where it's like every mom who has a baby, like her goal is then to get on stage yes. in like the next nine oh months. Oh my gosh, I know. So why, right. like oh, why gosh. do you feel like people don't understand what it's really like? Has it been like people yes. have these rosy colored glasses about it? Or like, why do you think that's uh-huh. grown so much? Well, I think that, I think that people only see the positives. Like it, I'm not going to lie. It's fun to get lean. Like, yeah, I love it. It's, it's really fun and it's fun and kind of a narcissistic kind of way because you're looking better and better each week. You're getting comments from people. People are asking you what you're doing. You're getting a lot of attention. Like, you know, in a narcissistic kind of way, it's, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and people like to post selfies and it's like, it's just, it's exciting. You're learning things about yourself, like mentally, you know, as people talk about that and people think, Oh, I want to do that. But what they don't see is they don't see that for the last eight weeks or something like that, you have to go to these events with your family and you can't eat anything there. Mm, You have to eat before, or you have to like, you know, drink water when everyone else is having like the, I mean, even foods that you might consider quote healthy, you can't have because maybe they bloat you and you can't get bloated, you know, because you, if you're bloated, then it might cover up any results you're seeing. Your coach won't know how to coach you for the next week. Like it's just all these little things that people don't anticipate. They don't anticipate how hard the posing is, how stupid you feel while you're posing, like how much time you have to put into it. If you want to be successful, they don't anticipate like the mental issues you're going to have because you see yourself get so lean, but you know, you have to gain back weight, but that's like a huge, like mental thing, you know? Yeah. Can we so talk about that a gotten, minute for a minute? Because yes, I get sure. asked, I got asked not as much now, but I got asked a lot, like, are you going to do competing? Are you going to do a competition? Yeah. And one of the biggest uh-huh. fears of mine of doing a competition and my answer was always no. And the reason is because 
I, I feel so good with my body now that I, oh my gosh, I don't yes. want to get reset. Like I don't want my, no, and that would do hundred percent. Yeah. I don't want to get came lean. To me and was like, yeah. And then not like how you are now. Right. Because then at least you almost yep. reset your body image to like, okay, well that's what oh. I should look like. And then when I go yes. back to like, cause obviously, and you'll tell, you know, you'll say this too, that you cannot maintain stage mm-hmm. lean. Like no. people right. know that, but they don't really, really know it, but they, they know it, right. that they can't maintain <laughs> stage lean, yes. but then you're almost reset at that stage lean of like, that's the goal. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's the goal. And that's even what lean is to you. You don't yes. realize yeah. that like lean is lifestyle lean and stage lean are totally, totally different. different. Lifestyle lean can be maintained yeah. with a kind of hard lifestyle. You know, you, you track your macros all the time. You, you focus on workouts. Like you can maintain lifestyle lean. It might mm-hmm. be hard, but you can do it. True. Stage lean. No, there's yeah. no way. And yeah. you shouldn't. Yeah. And it's dangerous yeah. if you do like, <laughs> and that's the thing. Right. And so you do feel yeah. like you, you almost like reset that body image. Cause that's one, oh my gosh. That's one yeah. of my, my issues that I'm like, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want if that to happen. If anyone were to come to me and yeah. And say like, I am thinking about competing. I feel really good right now. If they have like a certain level of fitness, you know, I would say like, maybe don't, you know, (laughs) like maybe don't like really think about if how, because the things you learn from competing, you can learn them in other ways. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying competing is bad or that no one should do it, but you just really need to think long and hard if the risks are are worth it, Yeah, you know, and, and body image risk is a huge one for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about a little bit about afterwards. Um, because Mm -hmm. so much stuff does come up afterwards and I think you're right. People see the glitz and the glam and the bikinis and the hair and the posing and the super lean. And they're like, Oh, that's cool. I want to do that. But then Uh there, like there is a process that happens afterward. So talk to us about your competing history and like you, mm-hmm. I know you've done a lot of shows. So like how that yeah. afterward time has changed for you from the beginning to now. Okay. So first of all, let me say that. Okay. So during the prep, it's hard. It, getting lean is hard, of course, but you're super motivated and it's exciting because you're seeing progress. So what you should do afterwards is reverse diet. So you want to, and there's tons of different talk right now, like recovery diet, reverse diet. I'm going to use the words reverse dieting very broad and just, and use that to mean Increasing your food so you get to a healthy body fat. I'm not going to go into details about how to do that, but decreasing cardio, increasing food until you're at a healthy body fat percentage. So right after the show, your cardio is still kind of high because you don't want to just cut it all out completely. And your food is still kind of low because you don't want to just jump it way up completely or you'll, you know, you'll put on a lot of body fat. Like your body is primed to put on body fat right then. Mm -hmm. And so you still have to have that dedication um, and a lot of times people do still have that dedication right then because they're still lean from the show. Like I thought I stayed pretty lean for probably like six weeks after a show mm-hmm. um, because you're just increasing things kind of slowly. You know, the hardest part is after that for, for me is after that initial six weeks when I'm still gaining weight, but I'm not super lean anymore, but I'm borderline on like my normal. Mm-hmm. That's when it gets really hard for me. Because to somebody else, I would still look great. But for me, I feel, and I hate this word, but I feel like fat, mm-hmm. you know? And like, obviously that's ridiculous, mm-hmm. but it just shows how jaded we get. And then you, you look back at like, like selfies or, or pictures from during your prep and you're like, I looked so incredible yet. I felt like I didn't at the time. Like it just, mm-hmm. it totally warps your whole mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the interesting thing for me, though, and this is like, if this happens to me every show, I'm sure it happens to everyone, is every single time I've competed, I have had this unrealistic view of what I thought I could maintain afterwards. Now, you'd think after, mm-hmm. I think I've done like 15 shows or something, and I've been competing since 2009. Maybe I'll go over that in just a minute, my mm-hmm. kind of my journey. Your timeline, yeah. Um, yeah, but I have thought I could compete, I mean, maintain leaner than than I uh, was really able to. I feel I can go into weight and stuff like that. So I'm five, six and a half. And before I ever started competing, I would maintain about 140. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I was even when I was like having babies. Like, I mean, well, obviously I would lose weight till about like 140, 138, 142, somewhere around there. That's kind of like my body's set point. So um, I started competing. Let's see. Let me kind of go back now. Uh, in 2009, so I don't, if you are an OG in bikini competing, you know that bikini came around, and I think it was 2008 or nine. like, so bikini was brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, like, a sign for a local show, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'm in the best shape of my life as of right now. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do that. And so it was literally the next week, and I knew <laughs> nothing. I signed up for one posing class. I got some heels at, like, some, like, dirty store in Salt Lake City and I was like, oh here's some clear heels. I guess I'll run into that store and grab them really quick. And I got some suit off the rack. Well not like totally off the rack, but it was like a competition suit, but it was not custom or pretty or anything. And I went and I sh- I did my own tan and I went and showed up and it was like so hilariously horrific. Like it's it's so funny. Like I had no clue what I was doing and it was, it was embarrassing. Like so embarrassing. Did everybody else not know what they but, were doing or, uh, or I there... think people knew what they were doing. Okay. <laughs> I might've been the only one that was like totally up in the night, but, um, it seemed like people knew what they were doing. Yeah. Cause I got there and I was like, why am I the only one that's this white? I had no idea that like a tan that dark existed. <laughs> Cause you had done your own so, tan, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I had used some stuff. I just had no clue how dark I needed to be. So I just put on like one coat and was like, okay, cool. I'm ready. You know, like so, so ignorant. It's so funny. Um, but what that did for me was it planted a seed. They're like, okay, now I want to do this again, but I want to actually like prepare for it. And so, yeah, so I'm going to do it right. And so I hired some online coach, like you totally get what you pay for because I paid like 30 bucks a month and I got like, and yeah, I got a new cookie cutter meal plan every three weeks. And I was like, okay, cool. Like this is my first foray into online coaching um, with somebody else. I had done my own, but this is kind of when, this is when my nutrition journey got a little bit more structured was okay. in 2009, 10. Um, and so I very loosely stuck to my meal plan, like very loosely. And I saw some results. I competed at our local March show in 2010. Then um, I thought like that guy wasn't helping me much at all. So I left him and I just kind of coached myself and, I did the biggest rookie mistake by competing in March and then June and then October. And I just kind of kept going, oh, wow. going, going. I was never very consistent though. I kind of got into a little bit of a, now I'm going to use the term like binging, but kind of loosely, I wouldn't be like a clinical binger where mm-hmm. I would go and like eat all the ice cream, all the cookies, all like go from store to store and get like tons of fast food. I wasn't like that. So I don't want to be disrespectful to people who really suffer from binge eating it was more just like an overeating, you know, like a couple, like 2,500, 3,000 calories in a day when my body was used to 1,700 type of thing. Like Mm -hmm. not a huge, I don't know. I just don't know what else to call it. Um, so I kind of fell into those habits. I would be on track for two or three days 
And then I'd have like an overeating or a bingy day, you know, kind of thing. And of course I thought that more competing would help that, which is not the case at all. Um, so in 2011, I was nationally qualified in bikini because at the time, like everybody was, <laughs> it was, those were small and it was pretty easy to like win. And, you know, so I was like, sweet, I'm going to go to a national show. So I hired a new coach. Um, he was a very popular coach at the time, online coach. And this was the first time I'd ever had a meal plan that was written for me with my food choices and like foods that I liked. And I had absolutely zero problems sticking to it. And I did not binge or overeat or anything. And he started me at higher calories. Like it was very, very well done prep. Um, so I did that. And then I competed this was in 2011 at USA in Las Vegas. And I got there and I was like, this is the biggest joke. I am never doing this again. Everyone here looks amazing. How it's a crash shoot on who they choose to like mm. do well and win. I was like, this is so stupid. And at the time I was not at all like very balanced with everything. So if I was prepping, I was all in and my house was a disaster. My like food for my family fell like through the, through the cracks. Like I was, my husband was annoyed, which, you know, I can't say I blame him by any means because I could not balance being a mom and a competitor. Um, and so I was like, okay, this is, this is done. I'm, I've had enough of this, you know? So I didn't compete in 2012 or 13 and my body kind of, I didn't do much damage then. Like my body was kind of fine. I maintained that 140-ish that my body likes to sit at. And um, let's see. So in 2013 though, like I'm a competitive person. I know you are too, Amber. And like, I was like, I need, yep. I want something to do again. And so I was kind of looking at figure and I was like, I don't know. Like maybe I could go back into it. Figures like it's, it wasn't very big at the time, like big size muscle wise. It was a very pretty like fitness model look kind of how bikini is now. And so I hired a coach, a local coach to work with. Um, and I, I didn't hire, I didn't hire him as a competition prep coach. I hired him as just to like, you know, let's just make some fitness goals, build some muscle, lose some fat. Just let's just kind of get some focus going again, you know? Um, so I did that. I had really good meal plans, really good structure. I think in the height of a reverse, I got up to like 2,400 calories with two cheap, two untracked meals a week. Like it was, nice. it was good stuff. And like 20 minutes of cardio three days a week. Like it was, it was awesome. Um, and always still kind of maintaining, I think at the height of that reverse, I might've been like 130, 143, 144, like just always around that 140 kind of place. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did end up competing in figure eight times in 2014 and 15. So I won some local shows. I won a couple shows or a show here in Utah. No, I guess two over those two years. And then I won a show in California and I went to nationals and nationals is a whole different ball game for figure. The girls were jacked. Like when I say jacked, I mean like huge, like big old shoulders, like super mm -hmm. lean, like seeing veins everywhere. Like they were jacked. Um, and so I went there and I remember like all like the big muscle ladies are like, Oh, Hey honey. So you compete in bikini. And I'm like, no, I compete in figure. <laughs> I felt so dumb. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, and I didn't place well. I think I placed, they placed the top 15 and then anyone out of the top 15 doesn't know how they place. Um, so my goal was just to place. Like that was my goal the first time. And so I placed 14th the first time. And so I was thrilled with that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take a year off, try and make improvements 
and then go back to that same show and try and do better kind of was my goal. But I'm a natural athlete. I've never taken anything to help build muscle or anything. And during that year, the year just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it, even though I was trying to build muscle, I, I really stayed about the same. Like if I built any muscle, it was so minuscule. Like, I don't know, maybe my shoulders were a tad fuller, but nothing, nothing mm-hmm. substantial. Uh, so I went back to the same show and I didn't place. So I competed a couple times that year in 2015. I was about stage lean for probably about six weeks. Because when you compete multiple times, you really can't reverse much. You kind of, I mean, you reverse a little, but you have to stay lean if you're going to compete again a few weeks later, you know? Um, so in 2016, I wanted to compete again. So I hired a different coach. So I worked with that one coach for three years. And so there were just some issues where I wanted to hire a different coach. So I hired Pro Physiques. And they're in Arizona, people who compete know of them. They're a very well-known team and they're amazing. They're who I refer people to now. Um, and we chose some shows in 2016, started a prep after a good reverse. And I just was not leaning out. Like no matter what I did, I was not leaning out. And in fact, I was like very slowly gaining. Like, I think I started like at that 140 ish in like January, February, when I was going to start a prep. And I think by the time we started calling off shows, I was probably like 143, 144. Mm. And, um, my, the, my coach, Whitney Jones, she's incredible. She's the current like Miss Fitness Olympia and she's won tons of, tons of shows. Like the bot, the basically the Super Bowl of bodybuilding. She's amazing. So she encouraged me to get, um, blood work done. And so I worked with my doctor and we figured out some thyroid issues. So I did decide to take some thyroid medication. That's totally personal decision. Like every, you know, some people decide to, some people don't. Um, I had actually had blood work done a few years before that with low thyroid and chosen not to take anything. So at this time I did decide to, um, cause I was like, I'm just gaining weight. Like I, I really don't want to keep gaining weight, you know? Um, so I didn't do any shows that year. And, um, well, I actually did slip into one, but wasn't ready for it. So I just don't really count that one. So 2016 was kind of like my hormone journey year. Um, 2017, I told myself I was not competing again. I was done kind of like I had said in 2012 and, um, it was an amazing year. Like I did more lifestyle diet. I did diet a couple times for some things. I went over to the UK for ideal fit for some shoots and stuff. And so I did some lifestyle dieting, which in my mind is completely different in my mind. If there's something important with your family, like, it's, and you're in a lifestyle diet, you can, you can go off plan for certain things, but in a competition prep, you just can't, you know? Um, and so 2017, I just did a lot of different fitness things. I ate intuitively for like six months. I was able to maintain my 137, 140 on like the lower end of my maintenance. I felt amazing. And so I thought, hmm, you know, I need a little something like maybe I should compete again. <laughs> it's so like, Oh my gosh, when am I going to learn? Like, my head against the wall. Um, so I was like, okay, well maybe the bikini division is actually looking so much better. Like when it first started, it was on the softer side. There were girls that were winning that like had never really touched a weight in their life. But I played soccer in high school. So I do great, you know, kind of thing. And that was frustrating to me. Um, but now bikini is totally different. I love the look of bikini now. Um, and so I'm like, Oh, I should, I'll try that. And so I prepped, my body responded. So I was like, sweet. My hormones must be in a great place. Like my body was textbook. Like we, you know, we started with a good amount of calories. I think I started dieting at like 1850 calories or something last January and cardio was, I don't know, 30 minutes, a few times a week or something. So it was a very good starting point. 
um, I work with a local coach named Christy Tauti. She was incredible. She's such a good coach. And, um, you know, my body just responded perfectly. And so we just kind of went through my, my plan was to do one show, a local show. But then I started thinking, you know, if I'm going to do that local show, why wouldn't I do two local shows? Like if you're going to go through all this work, you might as well have fun twice. Right. And so I found a show in Idaho that was the week before. And so we're like, okay, well, let's do those two shows. So I ended up winning my class in both the shows. So um, I was like, well, maybe I should just go to nationals. So there was an, we found a national show like a month later. Um, we ended up, or, you know, so I decided to do that national show. But one of the coaches or one of the judges at, the, at the, one of the local shows was like, well, you know, the more you're in front of the national judges, the better. So it's better if you just, um, if you, if you go to like as many national shows as you can. So I'm like, okay, sweet. And so I decided that all these are my own decisions. My coaching was perfect. It was on, on par. Um, I ended up having a couple coaches last year that I transitioned between and they were amazing. So it was my own choices to stay lean for so long. So we, uh, I decided to do a few different national shows. And then at my second national show, I actually ended up placing second. And so what happened was funny because like, if you go to competitions, you know that the way they place you on the stage is pretty indicative of the placing. So the person that's called out in the first call out, they call them, it's usually at the top five or six competitors. And if you're placed in the middle, you're almost always first place, almost always. Um, Cause they're comparing everyone around you to that middle person to place everyone. Yeah, so what, are they, what are they looking show. for yeah. when they're comparing you? Yeah. So it's all, there's all sorts of things. In bikini, they're looking for overall symmetry. Like you, you don't want your top or top half or bottom half to be, you know, like if someone has like pretty big legs that aren't very lean, but like a jacked upper body, that's not good symmetry. You know, you just want to have an overall um, symmetrical package from top to bottom, from left to right. In bikini, they're looking for round glutes. So a lot of my feedback was rounder glutes, kind of around the edge. It's like, it's very nitpicky thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you want some shoulder caps, but not too big of shoulders. You don't want, in general, you don't want like a major six pack for bikini, but you want some nice lines up and down. Um, a lot of it's glutes for bikini. You want nice round glutes or tie-ins down from your glutes to your hamstrings, but you don't want to be too lean in your lower body that you have like quad stretch. So it's a very tricky balance. That's why it's helpful to hire a coach who knows the look mm-hmm. um, and who knows like how to get that look. Cause it's not, it's not easy. So um, they're comparing everyone to that, that person in the middle usually. So at my second national show, I was first call out in the middle. So I thought I had won. I thought I had turned pro. And that whole day I was like so excited because in my experience, that's what that meant. First call out middle meant first place. Mm-hmm. And so that night for the night show where they give the awards, I was called out as second. And I was like, like normally you'd be thrilled with second, right? Even the day before I would have been over the moon ecstatic with second place, but I had spent the whole day thinking I was first place, you know? Yeah. And so when I was second, I was like, Oh, Oh my gosh. And so I wanted to try one more time, but the next national show was six weeks later. And so I decided to push for it. Um, I did gain back a, like a few pounds, like five or so, but then you have to lose it again. If you, you know, a lot of that's just water weight kind of fluctuation. Um, so I ended up competing again at that last national show and I placed eight. So nationally I placed 11th, then second, then eighth, which is, is totally normal. I have so many friends who will compete nationally and place third, then 10th, then fourth, then 11th. Like it's, it's kind of all over the place. It's kind of just 
As long as you stay on your game, it's, it's luck. Sometimes it's a little bit of like whatever the judge likes that day, right? Like there's some standards, yes. oh, but it like yeah, it's a little bit of a crapshoot. It's whatever. Oh yeah, it, it totally is, and then people know that. You know that going into it, and anyone who's been doing it long enough expects that and doesn't doesn't do it for the placing. You do it for the journey and for the self improvement and all that kind of stuff. That's so important because you really can't control how you place at all. Um, I mean, like for example, the time I placed second. If that girl next to me, if she had gotten injured two weeks before and wasn't there, then I might have won. Like, it's just such a crapshoot. You just never know, you know? Um, so I competed uh, end of August last year, and then I went into reverse, and we've just slowly increased calories. Um, and now I'm not working with a coach right now. I stopped probably October, November time, maybe November. Um, but I'm having another hormone situation. Like I've got some thyroid issues going on. That's a whole nother, another topic. It'd be a lot to go into here, but my weight's just kind of still going up. Like since the show, it's so my, my, my standard of 140 ish. Now I'm around 150. I've never been 150, like never. I mean, unless I was coming down from baby weight loss, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's been super, super hard. And it showed me like, okay, this happened to me once before. And I did it again. Like, this is not good for me. You know, it's not good for me to get that lane and stay that lane. Now, I say that all with the caveat that I have so many friends that are fine. Like, this does not happen to everyone. I'm sure there was something genetic in me that, like, gave me the propensity to have this kind of, these kind of issues, you know? Um, so, I think that there was something genetic in me that, like, I had a thyroid. Some of it is genetic. You know, if you're going to have thyroid issues and you have that genetic tendency to get that way, then you're more likely to have these issues. You know, but I have I have a lot of friends that that are fine and don't have don't have the hormone issues that I have. So, compete. I'm not saying that competing did this to me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not bashing the sport by any means. I think that something in my genetics plus me being like a hyper stressed out kind of like person, the personality, you know, plus the fact that I got lean and stayed lean for so long. I think it was just another factor, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't even remember the original question, but that's, kind of, <laughs> that's kind of my long that's timeline. Your journey. So tell me, yeah, that's my journey right tell there. Tell me about, um, cause we hear a lot about hormones and it, it tends to uh-huh. be if someone struggles to lose weight, that's kind of the go-to of they're like, Oh, well, let's go check yeah. the hormones. So how yeah. did you kind of know that was an issue? And you know, what have you seen? I know you said you took, um, I assume th- Synthroid, did you say Synthroid for, um, your, um, no, I've taken armor. Oh, okay. So a natural, uh, natural desiccated thyroid. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So how mm-hmm. did you know that that was an issue? What side effects did you see that led you to yeah. believe that was an issue? And like, how did it get solved. I mean, you went through it once where it seemed like you kind of figured it out and solved it yeah. and got back to normal yeah. and again. This time we're still figuring out. Yeah. Um, so the main symptom, and I was actually just talking to a friend about this recently. Some people have symptoms of like crushing fatigue. Like I hear about, Oh, I just couldn't wake up in the morning or I'm super tired or I did this high intensity workout. And then I was in bed the rest of the day. Um, my hair is falling out, like all these crazy symptoms that's never happened to me. For me, it's always been weight related and I am so in tune with my nutrition and tracking and everything that I know what should be working for me. And if it's not, there's something going on. Like for example, um, the first time I was actively prepping and very slowly gaining. And so I was like, this isn't right. And my coach encouraged me. She's like, something's not right. 
Um, she can see a lot of inflammation in my progress pictures, which I still have a hard time telling like what's inflammation, what's fat, what's water. I don't know. I can't tell the difference really very well. But, um, so I met with a doctor, turns out I have a family friend who, um, is a naturopath doctor. And so I just started working with him and it's just once you get blood work done, it's assuming your doctor knows what they're talking about. And a lot of doctors, if you just go see your OBGYN or just your family practice, whatever, your general practitioner, they'll just look at your blood work and they might do the right test, but they'll just see if you're within range and say, and tell you you're fine. So what you need to do is you need to find a doctor who specializes in this, in this kind of stuff. I prefer a naturopath doctor. Um, and you want to get copies of your blood work with insurances now are much better about that. Actually, a few years ago, you had to like go through hoops to actually get your blood work, which is crazy because it's your own medical records, but, um, you have to get your blood work. There's so much you can learn online about where your where your numbers should be because yeah you might fall in the average range, but the average range is huge and you don't want to feel like crappy and be at the bottom of the average range. You want to feel optimal, right? And so it's best if you're in the top half or like the top third half of that average range if you really want to focus on feeling your best. You know, mm-hmm. um, so if you get blood tests done and you work with your doctor, it's it's easy to tell if you have an issue with this because your blood work says it. It's not like it's some vague thing where it's like, well, I don't know if I feel that way or do I, or do I not? It's like you get blood work done and you'll know, you know? Yeah. It's just the number. And it's, you don't want to test just like a lot of doctors will test just TSH or you, there's a, a whole list of hormones to test and you don't even want to test just thyroid when you're testing thyroid because it's so intertwined with, your cortisol and your estrogen and progesterone and your testosterone, like everything works together. Mm-hmm. So it's important to get like full panels done with a doctor who knows what they're doing. Awesome. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about where you're at right now with your weight. Um, and uh-huh. like mentally, where are you at with that? Like, what is that doing to you? How are you kind of trying to step into this new body that you're currently housing right now? And, and what's yeah. it been like? It has been so difficult and every, today's a good day. So I probably won't cry to you, but if we had talked yesterday, I probably would have cried to you because I cried to someone at the gym. So I'm normal and it is not, it's not easy. Like, like I was saying kind of in my journey, like my weight's never been this high. And I say that loosely, meaning I realize that there are people that would love to be my height and weight and my, and my size. This is all just relative to me and what I'm used to and how I feel. So I don't mean to say that this is a bad weight or this right. is a bad look. It's just not what I'm used to or what I like, what I'm going for, you know? Um, so I hope I don't offend anybody by saying that stuff. But um, so I reached out to a lot of people on Instagram asked like through this experience, because I mean, you gain weight to a point. I naively thought that maybe since I competed at 120, that maybe I could maintain 135. Yeah, that was me being stupid. Kind of like I said before, like every single prep I thought, I can maintain leaner than I did last time. Why would I think that if every single time has been the same? But um, so when my weight got to 135, when it got to 140, I was like, okay, well, this is where my body's going to stop. Like, it's fine, you know. Um, I did lose my period for almost a year, and that's a bad sign right there, you know. Um, And... So on Christmas Day, I started my period again uh, for the first time since February. So I guess not quite, quite a year, about 10 months. Um, and so the day after Christmas, uh, so we're talking just the day we're recording this, we're early February. We're talking like six weeks ago, probably. Mm-hmm. The day after Christmas, uh, I had had Christmas treats, of course. I was on day two of my period. I weighed 144. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, this is fine. This is fine because it's a high for me because we just had Christmas, you know, we just had treats and like, this is fine. I'll get back down to my like 140, 142 or whatever. Like, this is cool. This is great. You know? And then like, I didn't drop it. And then I get to like 145 and I'm like, okay, this is fine. This is fine. Like if I maintain here, like I'm fine. You know, then I'm like, okay, like a couple weeks later, it's like 147. I'm like, okay, uh, 148. Like, okay, well, if I just knew I was going to stop gaining, if I just knew that, then I could wrap my head around this and I could yeah. be fine here, you know? Then, like, last week I hit 150 and I was like, oh, that was a hard pill to swallow. I was like, okay, okay. Uh, so, meanwhile, throughout all this, I'm doing tons of research. I'm reading things on, like, like paleo eating, like, grain-free is so good for thyroid health, I'm reading, you know? But then I'm talking to people who are like, no, don't cut out anything because if your body feels like you're restricting it, it's going to keep gaining. And then I'll talk to people who say, well, keep tracking because you're probably eating too much if you're gaining and all, you know? And so I've got people who are like, no, you need to not track and just feel in tune with your body and try and work on that. And, you know, all these people who I should trust because they've gone through the same exact things as I have post-competition, they're all giving me different advice. Mm -hmm. And like, it would be fine to get all this different advice if deep down I knew what I should do, but I don't know what I should do. Like, I don't know if I should keep tracking. I don't know if I should not track. Like I trust myself with intuitive eating. I've been very successful with it before. And so that's not that scary to me, but I just don't know what the right thing to do is. And so yesterday I actually hit 153 and that's why it was a very hard day. Um, I, I go through times where I put too much weight on the scale and times when I don't. So right now I think I am a little bit, um, which I'm human girl, you know, we kind of all go in phases. Um, but at the same time, I'm scared to not weigh myself because I'm like, well, what if I just keep gaining and I didn't eat like, I, you know, it's just, I don't know what to do. And so I did lose a couple of those pounds. Like today I was 151. So I think I might kind of be maintaining around 150, 151, but who knows? Maybe by the time this airs, I'll be 153, 154. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, it's really hard. I think the hardest thing is not knowing what's coming. Like if I knew right now, if someone could, a a crystal ball could tell me like, okay, you're not going to keep gaining. And I could wrap my head around this. I could focus on body image things. I could, which I am like, I'm trying so hard to, you know, Mm -hmm. meditate, be in tune with myself, positive self-talk, like so much, all of that, you know? But if someone could tell me you were going to stop gaining right now, I think I could, I could wrap my head around this. I don't look horrible. I know that it's just a different look for me and I can embrace this. Mm-hmm. What is so hard is I don't know what's coming. Like yeah. I felt these same thoughts five pounds ago, mm-hmm. you know, and like he, my husband is so supportive and, and sweet. And he's like, I like you better like this than at 120 when you're like so skinny. I'm like, that's so nice of you. What about in 20 pounds? And like, uh-huh. like I just don't know what's happening to me. Right. You know, it's almost like that and feeling so, of loss of control, which I yes, do think, yes. you know, for people who have tracked, it can be one of the benefits of tracking. Like you finally feel like you are in control. Like if you want mm-hmm. to have a certain look, like you can get there. Like, you know exactly what yes. you need to do to get there. And it, it does for exactly. a lot of people give you this feeling of like, okay, I can be in control of my body, which is a really cool yes. feeling. Yes. Um, until yes. you get to this place where it's like, okay, now I don't have control over my body. I'm right. doing the things right. that I should be doing. It's not working. And so I think a lot of people can relate uh-huh. to that where they're like, I'm eating yeah. good. I'm exercising. Why isn't my body responding? It can feel like right. a really hard place you to have be. No control. Right. Yep. 
And so we did recently, my doctor and I were doing more tests, and we discovered um, a reverse T3 issue that I have going on, which is something that actually a lot of doctors don't know much about. And I've been doing tons of research on this. Um, and so we did kind of change our medication. So I have some hope, um, but I have put on that like five pounds since I started changing my medication. So I don't know when things are going to start helping or working, or I think I just need to stop thinking about it so much and caring so much, you know, which that's what people, these people that I'm trusting and I'm talking to are telling me that like the minute I stopped caring is when I stopped gaming. Mm. I'm like, okay, how do I stop caring? caring? How do I do that? How do I do that when I'm in this, like the field that I'm in and I'm in like kind of the public eye a little bit, like the way I'm feeling, like what I can do is I can share my journey in, in avenues like this podcast or in my Instagram or YouTube videos, I can share my journey and I can just try, I can control my body image. Okay. Maybe I can't control what my body is doing, but I can try to control how I feel about it, which is easier said than done some days, but that's kind of where my focus is right now. Yeah. And it, it, and it is hard, you know, speaking from someone in the fitness industry, when this is your career and it it is your job Mm -hmm. and you are the face of a brand, there is pressure that comes with that to maintain a certain look. People want to buy things from people they want to look like. And it's a, it's a sad, a sad reality, um, that we're in, but it is a reality when it comes to marketing. And so that adds another layer of pressure for you to maintain a certain, a certain look. Um, and do you feel like people like sharing Sorry, yeah. which well, is why I feel like sharing my story is so important because yes. it will kind of, it's almost like my excuse. Like, well, do you know what's going on with me? You'll understand why I'm a little faster than I, you know, but that's stupid. I shouldn't care what people think. Like, right. that, this, is, this is the mental battles that are going on in my head right now. Yeah, and I'm the mental battles that so many people listening to this can relate to. Um, it's yeah, a very right. relatable experience. So, okay, so let's ask the question, are you going to compete again? Oh, heavens no. So this is it. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is 100% it. And my husband is funny because he's like, I don't believe you because you're going to get through this and you're going to be like, well, maybe one more time. And I'm like, if I ever do, I tell my friends, like, you tell, remind me that I said I was never doing this again. And if it only happened once, I think I'd be more susceptible to. to be like, okay, well, maybe it won't happen again. But it's happened twice. And this time has been a million times worse than last time. Yeah. So I... I'm never doing this again because now I think this is just how my body's going to respond. Yeah. Because I did everything quote right. Mm-hmm. My programming was, was right. My programming was not that extreme. My coaching was great. Like everything was done right. It's just how my body responded to it. You know? Yeah. And now your husband has this podcast that he can pull out and say, see, honey, exactly. <laughs> you said you were going to do it again. <laughs> you said, go back to where you, how you were feeling in yeah. 2019 and 16. Yeah. yeah. Now, both of us want to be really clear that, like, we're not bashing competing inherently. No, it's not an inherently no, 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 no. bad thing. Um, it's just no, you I sharing so, your experience. I learned so much from it about myself, and yeah. I met so many amazing people. I don't regret it by any means. Yes. What people need to understand is that there are absolutely risks involved, and you need to be, like, you don't just hire some coach and just follow what they say. You need to be educated yourself, listen to your body. Don't be lean for too long. Make sure you take good off season. Like there, and there are certain bodies that can handle it better than others. Like I have a lot of friends that are more ectomorphic type bodies that can handle it, and they just go from season to season. They take it off season. They compete again, and their bodies they fluctuate that eight to ten pounds. That's normal. 
but like they don't go up. I'm up 30 pounds. Like, yeah. that's not good. Yeah. You know, if that's happening to you, then you shouldn't get that leave. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what, what if it, your best friend came to you and like asked you if she could, should compete? Like, what would you tell someone who's listening, who's had in the back of their mind, Oh, maybe I'll compete. What, what questions would you have them ask themselves before they like made that commitment? Or what would you make sure that they know before they dove into that world? Yeah. Good, good question. So like the emotional side of me right now would say, don't do it. But I know that's, that's me being overreacting because I'm literally going through this right now today and yesterday and tomorrow, you know, but really like, if I were to think about that for a minute, I would say, okay, how is your body image? Mm. Because if, well, at one, at one point, if it's really, really good and it's very healthy, you might be okay. As long as you know, like it's healthy to get back to this, as long as you're not lean for so long. Like I was literally my first, I was two weeks out in middle of May and I was two weeks post show in middle of September. Like I was that lean for so long, but it literally became my new normal. And I remember talking to my coach saying like, uh, I just don't feel like that lean today. And she's like, you look the same as you did like three days before the show. And it was, it's all in your head, you know? So I do have had people talk to me about competing that have low self-esteem and think it's going to help them. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, no. Mm. Like it's going to ruin your self-esteem if it's not, not self-esteem, body image, I should be saying. It's going to ruin your body image if it's not super strong. But at the same time, if it is super strong, why do you want to ruin that? So those are just kind of some two sides to think about. Also, if you, if you dieted in the past, how low have your calories had to get in order for you to get what I call lifestyle lean? Because if you've had to push pretty hard to get lifestyle lean, you're going to have to push even harder to get stage lean, um, and then there's even more like risks involved with that. But if you're the type of person who, you know, drop a few hundred calories, add 20 minutes more cardio and you can drop 10 pounds, but that, that might be that, that I, to me, that's a body that responds really well, mm-hmm. you know, but if you have to push and push and push and tweak and tweak and tweak, then that might be a sign that maybe you have a little bit of slow metabolism inherently, which is fine. A lot of people do, you know, but it might, it's going to mean you have to push harder to compete. Um, also hiring a coach, don't try to do it on your own. Hire a coach that knows what they're doing and has a lot of healthy competitors. So usually you can find the healthy competitors because they talk all about it on Instagram, which is fine. I'm not backing that. That's great. You know, and then you can talk to them and find out like who their coach is. I refer people to pro physiques. They're awesome. Um, they do it in a healthy way. They encourage you to work with a doctor too, if they think anything's going on, you know, um, but there are lots of, good coaches out there. So yeah, I would really just see their motivation. Like if they're trying to do it to prove something to someone else or to fix something in their self, it's going to make it a million times worse, whatever it is they're trying to fix. Yeah. I think that's really, really wise advice. That's really good. Um, well, Lindsay, this has been awesome. And I, I really want to commend you because I know it's not easy to come out and like say that life is not perfect for you and that things are hard post-competition and that you're 30 pounds <laughs> yes. up. I know that that's a hard thing right. to say, but I really hope that people listening can get a really yeah. clear understanding of like what this entails. And again, it's not bad. Yeah, right. It just, it just, no. is, this is your experience. And I really appreciate yeah. and sharing. my experience and how my body's reacting. Yours right. may be just fine. Right. Totally might be just fine. So if people are wanting to kind of follow you on your journey and kind of um, yeah. f- keep going with you, where, where can they find you? 
So I am my um, name is Trainer Lindsay on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So I'm pretty regular on all three of those platforms. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming. You are so welcome. It's been awesome. Thank you. Wasn't that a great interview? I really appreciate Lindsay coming on and really sharing a lot of personal things with us. And I hope that you took some really important things away from that experience. Even if you're not thinking about competing or that's never been anything on your radar, I think understanding it, because it is something that you'll see your friends doing, you'll see people on Instagram doing, you'll see um, people at the gym doing, like it's it's become a mainstream thing. And I think understanding it and maybe um, realizing the extremes that you have to go to to attain that look can help us to come back to reality of like, we get to choose what's important in our life. And if you want to put shaping your body and competing at the front of your life, then that's your choice. You get to make that choice, but it's not the way to happiness and it's not the way to body confidence and it's not the way to a better life. As Lindsay said, it's a selfish sport and and that's okay. You can be selfish if, if that's where you're at and that's what you want to do right now. That's an okay thing to do, but acknowledge it and recognize it and understand it and understand that it's not going to make you love your body um, any more than you do right now. And that you can love your body right now, regardless of its size. You don't have to become a fitness model or a bikini competitor in order to do that. So that wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong, my friend, because remember you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.